641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. Planned Parenthood delivers vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common-sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. Please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco.
Everybody, thanks for listening to Mutiny Radio. I'm Global Val. We're here on the Common Thread Collective, as we are every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at the corner of 21st and Florida in the Mission District of San Francisco. It's been a big old week in San Francisco. The election happened. We've we've been talking about it for months, and of course, we're not. It's not going to stop us now. So we're going to be talking about where we go from here after the election results uh, that we just got this past week. And as always, there'll be music and poetry and all sorts of uh, surprises in store. Not just surprises for you, but surprises for me, because I'm never quite sure what is going to happen, what's going to go down. Um, But we know it's going to be something special. And uh, we know that even with the, the, uh, well, the craziness that we face, Ubi Doobie always lets us know it's going to be all right.
That's right. Everything's going to be all right because it's Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. I think it's October 6th, 2015. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Okay, doing well, doing good, uh, excited about what can happen, excited about putting this together, excited we have a sister here from uh, all the way from uh, the Southern Hemisphere, from Argentina, from Buenos Aires, who does a program something like this on community radio in Buenos Aires, and she just happened to Google community radio, because I'm coming to San Francisco, let me see where I can find, if I can find it, and here you are, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she said. So we're going to talk to her about a cans across the across the hemisphere, from the southern to the northern, and the southern back, and how we can do more together than any of us can do on our own. And now we have, is, is that, I believe it is, it's a, a blood flower on the piano. Blood flower, take it away, give, give us a prologue.
Lovely. Thank you, Bloodflower. Bloodflower, put us in the mood of the spirit. That's right. And now we have sitting across from uh, with us, uh, Josh. Hey, Josh Wolf, how are you? Hey, doing good. Good to be here. And uh, a new face here is Tom Gallagher, who's written a book that we're going to be talking about soon called The Primary Route, which is the use of the primaries to advance the cause, to occupy the primaries. And we're uh, and uh, and so stay tuned. We're gonna uh, we're gonna look at that, and the beat goes on. And I said I put on Facebook that today I give an open invitation to folks to come and talk about where we go from here. The election is over. Last week we had Calvin and Welch who really laid it out, get out the vote, and now we can look behind us and see where it's going and where we go from here. And that's leading from now, pretty much. Uh, through the primary. When is the primary? It's in July, isn't it? Yes. In July, the primary. June, in June, in June, in the primaries. And then, uh, is that the election in which the, uh, the in which the, there's going to be five vacancies, I think, on the Board of Supervisors, and it'll be another, is that the election, or won't that be? No, that'll be the November after that. Okay, so we got time, time in all of this. Yeah, we got time for all of this then. So this is the first day of the rest of our life. And so, Josh, Val, what do you think, Josh? Give us your view of uh, what's happening. Let's begin this conversation. I mean, I think that the election was certainly uh, an upset for the people of San Francisco. It was frustrating to see Ross McCreamy lose his seat for sheriff. Uh, I don't know who was really expecting the mayor's race to, to, to defeat the incumbent, but that obviously didn't happen. But the upshot was that something like 50... Uh, 46 percent, 44 percent of the people who voted voted for the alternative to Ed Lee, and the one, two, three candidates yielded the vast majority of that opposition vote. So the strategy appears to be working. Uh, we haven't lost any ground over the past 12 or so years that we've been fighting to regain uh, the mayoralship and have a progressive mayor. So the fight is still going on. We're still in the trenches on Thursday. Uh, a sort of offspring from Francisco's campaign. That's uh, Francisco Arara, one of the one, two, three. That's uh, Amy Weiss, Francisco, and Brokaz Stewart uh, ran. In fact, they won. They won or they would have won in Bernal. And they had, did you see that? But they Bernal South, they did very well. And Bernal North, they did, they did very well there. And that's a, a good example of what I'm talking about. Yeah, and in fact, uh, this is a frequent story in this city, but Although Ed Lee trounced on the uh, mail-in ballots that had come in before the election on election day, my understanding is that the one, two, three were the winners. Um, and so there really is sort of a two cities, the, the, the people that vote before the election and the people that vote on the election. And the people that vote on the election were still winning the on-the-ground fights. And, you know, uh, Calvin took me back to the early 70s, out of which came they were, uh, back to the, uh, the Community Congress but his view, our view then, our view that we talked about, is the difference between what's called the eastern side of the city and the western side of the city. And that's uh, still true today. If you look at those results, still true today. But it'd be happening. And uh, But out of that, this is before district elections, and out of it came naturally that, uh, naturally, of, uh, we're talking about a lot of time, but naturally that breakdown of the progressive side, the progressive side, Avalos, Campos, now, uh, uh, now uh, Eric Maher, a little, a little bit southern, but his roots are definitely in Chinatown. Eric Marr, and uh, who is rich, and in uh, in the tenderloin we have Joy Joy Kim, 
and all of them, their roots are there, and their roots, they represent that eastern side of the city, the progressive side, and now we got out of Chinatown and North Beach, we have... Uh, Aaron Peskin's back. Aaron Peskin's back, and he's full of enthusiasm and excitement, and he's coming back, and I think he's... Uh, and I think that's part of what uh, what I said what I said on Michael Krasny's show on Wednesday, where they, I said the cup is definitely half full, and the Peskin is uh, there, and Peskin, and with them now we have a majority, progressive majority is back on the board of supervisors, is it not? Uh, that's my understanding. Yeah, the, uh, the Julie Christensen had sort of tipped the balance where uh, Chu had kind of been the on both sides of the fence, and then Christensen tipped it into the conservative side, and now we're back to a progressive majority. So that should allow for more progressive legislation to get passed in the months ahead. So another, so a couple of things. So let's say about I was lost, pretty handily, and J and K. J one, I think. J if that's the 24th Street. Yeah, the, the legacy business one, one. passed. And if you, but, K, uh, but K lost. That's what Calvin is here. What lost. But what it has done, I, what I saw, certainly with I... This is about a new generation of uh, political activists uh, in who, who are not uh, a lot of younger people, a lot of young people who are not going to affect defeat that easily. And certainly now that the now that the, I mean the, the the shit is hitting the floor for the fan as far as the mission is concerned, and they're going to be ready to move. And it's how we can move, how we can find that common thread and get some focus and go forward. Absolutely. And a lot of the, the sort of energy that was built up in the ramp up to the election, particularly the group that uh, Amy Weiss, one of the mayoral candidates, had formed with uh, Shannon Bolt on Facebook, the vote one, two, three is still continuing to generate constant conversation and constant energy about moving forward and really sort of shaping the, the future of the city. There's there's talk of a recall. I don't know whether I actually think that's going to get anywhere, but that energy of continuing to, to push in the political spectrum. But I think it's about the grassroots. It's about going back to the grassroots. I, it's about widening it. Uh, the, I'm glad that uh, Francisco and Amy and so on, but they're, they're going to have to see that the, 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 to see, I'm glad they're there. I'm glad they uh, fought as hard as they did, but the, but the circle, uh, the net is getting wider, wider and it uh, is getting wider, and, and these folks who have come in an eye and so on, are going to be, their voice is going to be wanted, and which also means their participation, and however we go from here. Absolutely. And so that's uh, that's to be. And of course, this this uh, this uh, this day uh, this program, Common Thread Collective, is a voice of all that. And we're going to be. Uh, I, I, we certainly want to devote three o'clock this time. It's a good time for conversation uh, as to uh, as to what's happening, what's going on. And so, and and also in connection, in conjunction with whatever emerges, the defense emerges. This emerging coalition, we're we're definitely part of it. We'll be part of it. Is that right, uh, Val? Certainly, and kind of what Josh was saying, you know, about going forward, and and really, um, even though that Proposition F and Proposition I didn't ultimately pass. The fact that these were propositions that were brought up from the people of the neighborhoods and had a, a you know kind of broad support across the city in various neighborhoods, they honestly really didn't lose by a whole lot. I mean, Prop F, um, the you know, 55% was no, 44.45% was yes. I mean, that's, that's a close race for the regulation of the Airbnb short-term rentals. And Proposition I, it was 
was it was 57% said no and 42% said yes. And I think that I mean that that's that's significant and um going forward, you know, as you said Dave, we're kind of right here at the grassroots uh putting, you know, letting Mutiny Radio be a platform and a gathering place for the community to to come and share because one of the big failures of this election and many elections of course is that mainstream media didn't give the other candidates much uh, much attention at all. They and always said he has no real opposition. When in fact was happening here, in a way, he had a real opposition and it was here at the grassroots and it is true they didn't have millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, even thousands of dollars to spend. But our brother Francisco Rara, we sat here right with him. Isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, we had the, the, the three, uh, one, two, three coalition here, but, uh, you know, Francisco Herrera on other occasions and also Amy Weiss on, on several other occasions. And uh, I, I love to see the, the, uh, the networks that they've been building over the past few months. It's a pretty powerful, um, it's a pretty powerful movement, and I think it's just going to keep growing. And I hope that people don't just sit, sit back and kick back and, and go back into their uh, malaise. Their malaise. And, and it, so it'd be emerging. And I also have, hey, Tom Gallagher, welcome. Uh, please join the conversation if Thank you feel you. like it, uh, feel free. So, uh, so indeed, I believe that right here, I think you might have been here, Josh, Wesley, when we did this circle here, was that with, uh, anyways, we've had stuff every week as uh, we're reaching election day. And where I spoke, I, I had that said, I had that sent, I had that inspiration. Well, this guy, Francisco Herrera, has got the charisma, the charisma. He's got the background. He's got the knowledge. And I said, uh, you should, the, the, these, uh, these seats are coming up with uh, Campos and uh, Avalos being termed out. And we should think about that, but time will tell. I know he's going uh, this is not the last time that we saw him. He was there last night in our gathering. And again, with his guitar, bringing together music, bringing together light heart, bringing together uh, uh, understanding that humor and a good time is necessary to people. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from the, the get-go, the, the birth of the People's Campaign, uh, which, which was the sort of brand of Francisco's mayoral campaign, was built to be a campaign for a broad coalition moving forward. We, we, we described it as Francisco was the first, the sort of pilot candidate of the People's Campaign in last night's meeting uh, that we had at the Redstone Building. We had about 30 people show up, and there was a, a general consensus that we need to run a slate of candidates, up to, up to 18 candidates, three for each position uh, from diverse backgrounds so that we can really sort of shape the, uh, the Board of Supervisors to be a more diverse, more inclusive, more progressive governing body and hopefully in four years bring in a people's campaign mayor and you know have a much more democratic city as we move forward well to me that's going to be a process for me we we, we have to get the have to take into account the fact that the fact that the, 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 the who are currently on the board who are up for that and we certainly have to take into account and bring in john avalos and uh, John Avalos and Campos, who worked so hard and done so much to help bring this out, and will continue for the next year for doing it. Hopefully, one of them will be a chairman of the board. I believe that's what I got when uh, when they were uh, from uh, the Krasny show, where they were was actually saying, "Well, well, uh, well." Uh, but he came in with such energy, he could go right to be chairman of the board. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. 
Aaron Peskin. Bob Peskin. And then they got this text, uh, the email. So we have to read it. Oh, here's Jeremy. And he said, no, that's not going to happen. And somebody on the, one of the pundits said, I know what Jeremy it is. And I know what Jeremy it is, too, as a matter of fact. A man who should know. I don't want to say it now because he just said Jeremy. is saying that Peskin is not going to be the chair of the board. And what that means to me is that Campos or Avalos needs to end their political. They're being termed out. They have to go under things as the chair of the board. And I believe that's going to be the first thing to have the progressive majority coming together, majority of the finger crossed coming together to help make sure that happens. I will see the big thing. Well, except, Dave, the London Breed was elected to the president of the board in January of this year and it's a two-year term. So there's a whole other year. Are you sure? Because be. why were they talking about who's going to be the chair of the board? Well, well that probably just as an eventuality. Okay. But, well, yeah, anyway. she's, she's, she's just been in, in that position for the past but uh, yeah. she's not going to give it up, of course. But London Breed now up to she she's shown flexibility. Like she voted for the uh, she voted for the uh, for the moratorium at the time when it came up. But I think she knew that it was going to lose. We couldn't get we needed two thirds. We didn't get it. Do you remember that? I vaguely do. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was there. It was an endless stream. For uh, people, it went on for three or four hours. I was one of them. Uh, a public comment at that meeting. And then they knew, and then we needed two thirds. Most of the people didn't know that, but it turned out we needed two thirds. And London Breed voted yes for the moratorium, but she may have, may or may not have known that in fact it was going to lose because we needed two thirds. But London Breed is now in the minority, uh, with the progressive majority. We'll see how she moves. We already had, uh, uh, we already had uh, from the tenderloin. What's the sister? Jane Kim. Jane, Jane Kim has been moving more and more to the people's side. And so we'll see what goes. She has a two-year term, but time will tell. Yeah, I think so, that I think that progressive majority includes London Breed, actually. So well, she's only one once in a while. She's voted with the other black with what's her name? The the vote. She's voted with the uh, as uh, so for traditionally black members of the board of supervisors had, where they voted traditionally on the conservative side. On the conservative side, I don't think so. She did. I was quite surprised to see no, she hasn't been. I mean, she's, she's, London breeds a bit of a moderate herself. Yeah, I mean, she she's, she's she's someone who's, who's been, uh, you know, a community leader in the Fillmore for a long time. But of course, she was also on the on the redevelopment committee. So she she's you know, she's got her she's got a you know, she's got her, her feet in both sides of the fence. So I think she kind of tries to walk that line uh, pretty moderately. But and, uh, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Oh, that's all right. And so, and goes with votes for the developers, and is not, is not. Oh, has not before. And then what? What's the other sister? The other Afro-American sister from uh, Malia Cohen. Malia Cohen. Like Marla Cohen. Well, they vote. They vote with the moderates. Uh, the winner and those guys would not have their votes without the two of them. But anyway, to go on. To go on, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But I believe that we're going to have to. Okay, that's why. That's why I'm talking about. I'm gonna put it out right here. Right here. What are you putting out, Dave? Don't get distracted by the the guys behind the curtain. Okay, I was gonna ask that. I was wondering when to ask them. <laughs> but well, that's why I'm putting out this idea of. Uh, as I say, I was involved from the very beginning, in the first community congress, and uh, several after that. But the first one, out of which came the first uh, uh, district elections, 
Out of which came we 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 set the boundaries. We came up with a platform. We did that, and uh, it was a whole process leading to that. Where we had dis this is before districts, but we had districts, neighborhood community council, council congresses in the various neighborhoods that helped set the set the uh, districts. We're talking about uh, we're talking about uh, district elections. So I want to put out this idea, and I'm going to continue and with this discussion of a community congress along the way, and what that means, and what we could do and how we can make that happen because a lot of these discussions could be taken and we'd have a lot more oomph if we had a community behind us, have a community congress behind it when there's discussions of one, two, three and so on can take place and the kind of negotiations we need to take place shouldn't be about a few people on the top but should involve the neighborhoods. We're talking about multicultural. We're talking about multiracial. We're talking about connecting with the current board which is up for, who is, which the five will be up for for election, we're talking about there, and they're they're saying it. I'm talking about Campos, and I'm talking about Campos. I'm talking about Avalos, and who else is going to be up for re-election? Well, Campos and Avalos are termed, termed out. out. Yes, they are. Uh, London Breed will be up for re-election. Eric Mars termed out. Aaron Aaron Peskin will be up for re-election. And there's six. One, three, five. It may be district seven. I don't know who District Seven is. Is it? Is it? Maybe District Four. Katie it's Tang. All the odds that are it's the odd ones. Yeah. Ah, I see. So it's whatever District Seven is, but I can't put my. Okay, well. That well, be Norman Yee. Okay, this is just uh, off the top of my head. Yee's been a progressive too when he could, when he could. So well, I, have a, I have a question though, um, and and Josh, I was kind of thinking you might want to field this one, because you know as as someone who's uh you know thinking with a kind of a got a political uh, big picture thought do you think that with the results of the election with the one through three coalition actually gaining getting so much so much support so many votes do you think it is sending a message to city hall and if it is sending a message to city hall do you think they're going to be responsive to it I mean, it sends a message that he doesn't have a mandate. Uh, and whether or not he is going to ignore the lack of a mandate and just push forward as if he did, I don't think there's the political capital to, to put forward a recall, no matter what he does, unless some of these sort of shrimp boy allegations gain ground. <laughs> right. But anyway, I think <laughs> the it's The shrimp boy factor. I agree about that. But I think, uh, I think the degree that we build our own alternative movement... And that's what we're discussing. Don't panic, keeping it organic, and building an alternative move. For instance, you mentioned the supervisors will be up. Each, uh, uh, as we're going, each uh, will begin to connect to them. Eric Mars, certainly. I knew Eric Mark first uh, as a Maoist uh, back in the day. Uh, he and his brother, uh, his brother who started the Chinese Progressive Association, which came in the battle with the, with the six companies in Chinatown. Uh, uh, that uh, we we be connecting with them, we be bring, bringing in that we do do nothing, that what we do is building this idea of a community congress will be also to make sure that they're not uh, that that they're not separated, but that there's room. Eric Marr, London Breed, I think probably in the Fillmore in her neighborhood and in the Hate, we're developing our own uh, uh, network there. We're going to people like Speedy. And Dexter, Speedy Woods, Dexter, the people I knew from Waypack back in the day, and beginning to work within the Fillmore with people already there, and just see how that rolls. We don't have to say that now. Yeah, absolutely. We also have a lot of uh, really powerful progressive leaders that are no longer 
elected officials but still remain in our city. Uh, we could start with Tom Almiano. Ross Mercurimi is not currently elected. Um, and a number of these people can certainly take a leadership role in building this sort of, in, in participating in this community Well, I don't know about leadership. We'll see how my merges. But I, saw, I remember when you read that list, I'm thinking, these guys are kind of like empty suits now. Most of the people who are voting don't even remember who they are. They were here. They represent a bygone era in a lot of ways. And I think Meccarini is a, well, but I believe, I hate to say it, but I believe he's toast as far as, well, the time will tell. Maybe I'm being too hard. Time will de de definitely tell. It's up to him to see. But I want to begin here at the grassroots. I want to begin with, a, I believe we should be reaching out to the various community organizations uh, and at the same time, at the same time, so I'm putting forth this idea of community congress. And I'd like to, and also I'd like to spend, since I was there, since I was involved with it at get-go, if you have any questions about it, I'm, I'm available. I don't think we, we can re, reinvent, we can redo it while we reinvent it. And you're right, in terms of, uh, we now have this social media. Then I brought, in fact, I, I broadcast live the Community Congress, even though I was already on the staff live on KPOO, KPU. We just took, KPU is, Oh, that's a story into a real community radio. That's a different story I'd like to get into sometime. In fact, I'm going to be on KPU in a couple of weeks talking about those days. But that was our first thing was broadcasting that live. And, uh, and I, th I think that we should think of, and that uh, we might be available, I don't want to say for sure, broadcasting it live on, uh, on Mutiny Radio, the Community Congress, might very well be possible. And uh, what it leads to that, so I'm going to keep bringing it up. When we have our meetings, and I, I wouldn't mind having a five minutes or so where I could make a presentation, because that couldn't really happen last, where it was kind of like a clusterfuck in a way where everybody had their own thing going, but hopefully I will merge something. So I'd like to spend some, spend some, have maybe five minutes to present it as an idea when we have our next meeting. Yeah, that sounds great. I, we haven't figured out the process for making the agenda for the next meeting, but uh, anyone that wants to participate can sign up at peoplescampaign.net, uh, put your name, your email in, and we'll certainly send you out uh, contact info about the next meeting. We're going to start with a doodle so that we can find out why well, people are available. Well, I think we should be, uh, that those are really into I'm not sure who's going to emerge is really into it. I don't think anybody, I have a, few, a couple ideas, as people were. I think our sister, who ran for, uh, <coughs> ran for, uh, for the Board of Trustees, City College. Uh, Wendy Aragon. Wendy, of course. And then that sister, we're talking about sisters, that was a question. And that sister was here representing, but also uh, uh, who was good, uh, representing, uh, uh, representing uh, 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 Mission Local. Uh, Laura Waxman. And also came out of, uh, of Ticalote. And we'll see who emerges. We'll see, that's going to emerge. And then we get together and see if we can maybe... Sarah maybe Short, perhaps. That sounds great. And uh, talk about these things. And also, of course, the phone number here is 415-550-0511. Anybody like to call us, by all means, give us a call and they can join the conversation. That's also possible. So I'm putting this out here as, as a to-be-continued. Uh, anyway, to-be-continued. And I don't think we have a date yet for, for our next meeting, but I'm sure we'll be with uh, we'll be soon. We met at the Redstone Building. That's there. That's available. That have, and there's some of the folks who are involved, like the folks in the, the folks uh, who are all, who have their offices at the Redstone Building. And the Living Wage Coalition was who we partnered with to, to use the the office space of the Redstone last night. And of course, the Redstone was also uh, here's a little bit of history. It might not and history and history 
was also the headquarters for the mission agenda. Um, out came our, uh, the supervisor who had the, the, had the bar, what's his name? Chris Daly. Chris Daly was part of mission agenda. It was mission agenda that picked him to back him. He was just a regular member. New to it, Chris Daly was the one who they picked and said we wanted to run. And who was his, 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 uh, his, uh, his office have his, uh, uh, his aide, but John Avalos. That's how John Avalos got it, got an apology. And so there we got the lineage, that was at the Redstone Building. Uh, James Tracy, who you might have not known, was already also part of that. And uh, I take his course in community, uh, I've, I've been up for years in many different ways, his course in community organizing. This is definitely, was going to be a community organizing is what this is about, am I not? Absolutely. Am I right? If you're from the bottom, looking up. Don't panic, keep it organic. So Josh, uh, is there anything you'd like to add? Uh, no, I just look forward to, to continuing to work with all these beautiful people of the city to take our city back and restore it to the artists and the funky place that we've called home and people have come to visit for hundreds of years. Oh, man. What, what is the bell? I, I think we've, de you know, Dave, you're talking about uh, looking from, from looking down, da being down, looking up. I'm, I'm thinking we're just in looking out. Okay, well, that too. None of this is not a contradiction to one another. Okay, and here's my brother, Tom Gallagher. Tom is a book we're going to be talking about at further length because this is a, the election season and this is coming up eventually. In fact, this is the primary is going to be before the, uh, this election for the board. Am I right? The election for the board is November. Right. But in June will be a primary, right. a presidential primary that we remember the various... And you've written a book... Which I and I want to invite you to be part of this. Hi, it is, this is called "How the 99% Take on the Military-Industrial Complex: The Primary Route." And this is Tom Gallagher. He's written this and published it himself. Although it has a thing, we're from one of the publishers that I enjoyed it quite a bit. The argument is refreshing, and Gallagher couldn't couldn't be making it uh, at a better time. Sanders will offer a nice case study for his arguments here. He's a nice writer, too conversational without dumbing down the points he wants to convey. And this is uh, anonymous comments from representative of the dying American publishing industry explaining his company's decision not to publish this book. And it, but you were able to publish this yourself, am I right? Oh, yes. Probably yes. a good thing. We have to look at all these things as good things. Right, it looks right. like a bad thing is a good thing. So anyway, so the primary route... And this is a real history, really interesting. I'm still reading. I hope we can get a copy for you, Val. So I want you to come back, and we'll talk about this next week, hopefully, or the week after, and get in this well, detail. the day after Thanksgiving, right? Perfect. On that? Yeah. Perfect. Well, I, I don't think we'll be doing a show the day after Thanksgiving. Then we won't be discussing <laughs> it that day. Well, the, the next time. So, the sometime day within this, this, in this coming week winter after, season. Maybe the week after the yeah. day after Thanksgiving. So, so tell us about the book. What, um, what, uh, why did you write it, and, and kind of what's the crux of your of your argument, how, yeah, how the, the 99%... Yeah, is asking the question, why is there no electoral left in the United States? Um, you look at any other uh, country with an industrialized country, certainly, or any country with a reasonably free um, electoral system, and there is a left. And so I, I do a, you know, a, a tongue-in-cheek thought experiment to start it off. Uh, if we're, we've got an extraterrestrial political scientist, 
<laughs> and they've they've uh, figured out Earth a little bit, and they've uh, discovered that there are different ways that countries choose their leaders, or or that leaders come to be. And some countries, you know, it's the king or something like that, and you just inherit it. And some countries, some group just decides it. But the interesting one they find is some of them have this custom called elections. And, you know, as they get more expert over time, they identify what we might call a left-center-right. And for a left, my definition here is very, very basic. If you think that the, that the wealth and power is too concentrated, um, if you think that we are blowing our chance at a, uh, at a sustainable energy system before the planet runs out of time, um, if you think uh, in, in our context that the incredible expenditure of uh, money on the, the military is not, in fact, making the world a safer place, if you think all that, you're on the left. That's, that's my very bare-bones definition. And so they look at um, the, the countries of the world and discover in the biggest, most powerful one, there doesn't appear to be a left. <laughs> when the election is held every four, they elect presidents when it's held every four years, that point of view is usually not there. Hmm. And in all the other countries, you go to France, you go to Germany, etc., to Argentina, uh, Brazil, down the line, it's there. It's, it, it looks different in every place, but it is there. And it is not in the United States, with a re a occasional exceptions. So I, I pose the question, why is there no left in the United States, and what do you do about it? Hmm. And my analysis, really, is that the Ameri there is a left in a discussion sense, most absolutely. All the things that have been discussed now, you go to any campus, it's being taught. You go to any coffee house, it's being discussed. Why does it not appear in a meaningful way in electoral politics? And my analysis is that the, the left that does exist, which is non-electoral, has never come to grips with the nature of the system in which it actually lives. Hmm. It wants to wish itself into a parliamentary system where a third party would work for it. And we're in our third century. The, you know, the, the 19th, 20th, 21st century, and it hasn't emerged. And you look back and ask, is a very interesting point I found in history, and this I didn't know. I mean, I knew what I wanted to say, but I decided I needed to look at the entire history of third-party efforts and the entire history of primary efforts. And 1912 turned out to be this rather uh, interesting year. It looked like there was going to be a change, uh, profound change one way, and another thing happened. And what it looked like was going to happen was that the two parties that were in might not be the top parties anymore. Because that was the year that the Republicans did finish third. The Bull Moose Party. The Bull Moose Party. And also the fact the emergence of Eugene Victor Debs. That was the, the other thing that party, happened. And he got almost over a million votes while in prison. He got 6% of the vote. And the two parties in power, on that point, only in for about 60 years. 1856 is when the Republicans came in. So maybe there's a sea change now. It's happening. The death of the Whigs. And, of course, it never happened, right? The Republicans or Democrats have never finished out and of the top And also there was the role of the, the, from the Midwest, the populists, the real populists, not these right-wing populists. You had the rise of the Follett family. 20, 20 years earlier. The Follett yeah. family. And also out of, mm -hmm. out of South Dakota, North Dakota, came the Nonpartisan League, Farmer Labor Party in Minnesota, 
that was another possibility happening. But so, what really happened, okay. and no one that turned out to be more significant, was the primaries became a thing in 1912. Hmm. And they had not been before. That's right. right. And so it looked like we're going one way, we went another. And if you look at the, the structure of our system, that is the route in which one can not run into the Nader phenomenon, the Nader problem. And I say this as someone who supported him. When I ran into somebody, was on a panel with somebody three years ago who was planning to run for president, third party effort, Rocky Anderson. Uh, I forget. I forget. Yeah, former mayor of Salt Lake City, serious, you know, serious yeah, yeah. past, yeah. and he wanted to run as a third party candidate. People were not going to go for it because they felt, rightly or wrongly, that that um, Nader's campaign had backfired and given us Bush. And you can argue that mm. till the cows come home. Right. But it it made it a toxic proposition. Right. Yeah. Bl blaming uh, blaming the democratic process for the democratic process. Yeah. No. It's 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 true. Yeah. That that rightly or wrongly, whether or not the, yeah, Nader being part of it, taking away the votes for Democrats. Right. Well, in my memory, the, when I'm thinking of primaries, I remember, of course, uh, Jerry Brown, uh, Governor Moonbeam, when he was still in his Zen and so on. When he ran his in a primary, I remember that primary. I looked at it sympathetically. I don't remember. If I, what role I played, although I've been an anarchist who votes for quite some time, Jerry Brown interested me. And then, uh, then of course, Jackson. That went on fine. I was actually spending time with Jackson bringing music and make it happen. I did other things too. And then I remember the, uh, when, uh, when Jackson, uh, uh, when Jackson told him going back to Jew York, he said, and that kind of blew up the Jackson campaign. I was there, I had a desk even there, and I was, and then there was where I said, Jews for Jackson, Jew York, and I was bringing music in, and I brought a bunch of punk bands, because that was what was happening then, and the powers that be, I think, well, I don't remember, in the Jackson campaign, got totally horror-stricken about, oh, about the bands like Noise Dead Cops, I was really involved in punk rock, I brought them in, and they brought the youth, but that was too much for them, <laughs> when in fact, I, I cast a wide net, they were down with Jackson, uh, they were down with Jackson, and that was kind of the end of that, so that was Jackson, and then with, uh, with uh, Nader, I was for that for two, but then I walked in the Nader office. I think that was on. Was that on um, Valencia Street? I remember I, when I remember I Nader remember. coming in, getting out of getting out of a was. car and dropping off. But I had been in there and looked in. But who was running the office? And you could see they were holding it down, and you'd have to go through them. They believe they're the vanguard. I'm talking about the Leninists. I'm talking about the ISO, the International Socialist Organization, who had taken over the office like they like to do. They're the vanguard. And the last person they wanted to see was an anarchist to vote, me. And I got a cold shoulder just walking through the door. And that's my two. If these primaries, that's something I'm all for. What's happening? And I'll definitely will say. And I think Sanders. Now Sanders. Let me say something about Sanders, and I'll get back to you, because we're going to be talking about this more. And I think it's about time to get some music in. But Sanders. There's a really great article about uh, Bernie Sanders that really gets in some good details in the New Yorker a couple weeks ago. Did you read it? No. no. Really good. I don't know if we can find that. Bernie Sanders, New Yorker, and it turns out that when he was, he talks about being, and he talked about what he meant, what he meant I heard it last, what it means, he, he said, I'm a democratic socialist, you know that. 
Okay. And that's just, uh, I think, well, the anybody sort of say that his brother on, he talked about his, oh, his big brother. And, but this article mentions that he was a member, Bernie Sanders was a member of the, of the, uh, of the, of YPSO, that's the Young People, People's Socialist League. When he was, do you remember Yipso? I don't even know YPSO, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. YPSO, back uh, when he was in college, which I guess was he went to the University of Chicago and he joined YPSO. He says that proudly. I happen to be a member of YPSO about the same time. Because I was not, while we were in coalitions, I was definitely no Trotskyist and uh, even less so today. But anyway, uh, he was in YPSO and then he became back to part of the Back to the Land movement. And that, in a way, that's, uh, that's what took him to Vermont. Bernie Sanders and the mayor of, uh, the mayor of in Vermont uh, was his... Burlington, where the University of Vermont. So that's his uh, history. And he says, it's, it's, it's not Clinton who said, I didn't inhale. He said, yes, I was. I, yes, I'm a democratic socialist. And, and yet he's running, he's running on the primary. Am I right? Oh, I mean, Sanders has so far exceeded my expectations. Uh, you know, the, at that presidential debate, he said, well, let's talk about what democratic socialism means for a minute. I mean, am I awake? Is this actually happening on on the national stage? You know, I've this argument I'm making in the book was really is a long range one. It's a permanent one in the sense that we we always we on the left broadly uh, discussed. I think always need to be thinking who's our candidate in the presidential election because if we ain't in the big show, then we're that's you know we're interesting to go meet these people in a coffee house, but they're they're not they're not part of what makes things go around. You know? um, so what he decided to do um, is exactly uh, what I hope someone would do. The precise positions he or anybody else would advocate will, of course, will all differ on this, that, or the other thing. But the thrust of what he's doing is precisely. But I never imagined that he would be competitive for the top spot. I thought, you know, like a magnified Dennis Kucinich campaign. Well, Kucinich, I was on the Kucinich campaign, too. Right. And and it, that's exactly right. Go ahead, Val. Yeah, no, I mean, he even got Hillary Clinton to talk about capitalism, yeah, right? Yeah, moved guys. Which is, I mean, you're gonna see, we, we don't see that. You don't it's hear wild. capitalism <laughs> being debated on the presidential debates, right? When they got her to admit that, well, maybe sometimes capitalism just needs to be, you know, kind of kind of reined in a little bit. I mean, that's that's a significant argument. That's a significant, uh, sorry, uh, topic to bring onto the national stage. So let's bring it in. Let's have it on then. So let's uh, cut to the chase a little bit. So uh, so the uh, and, and the primary. Sorry, Dave. And socialist socialist capitalism being it's. I mean, socialist democracy being uh, it's just kind of of a, a European model where. People are voting, but they're also uh, using their t the taxes to to fund the social th the things that society wants, like healthcare and education, and things like that. Where, you, where you're having the 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 tax dollars that are coming in going to what the people want it to, for, and for the this, most part. And there is this tradition of American socialism too, and now we have this uh, where so much of the blah 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 is done by people who proclaim themselves socialists. But are in fact a Marxist, Leninist, Trotskyist, or something, or like, uh, or something so on. But we have this tradition. 
a good old American tradition of socialism that goes back to Eugene Victor Debs, that, uh, the, that people like Norman Thomas, people like the Young People's Socialist League, the Libertarian Socialist League, who says, yeah, we're socialists, but in the American tradition, the populist tradition, that doesn't mean these Leninists don't get me started. I'm not going to at the moment. Who claim that they're the vanguard? Who base their idea of socialism on their idea of of, of, of bringing the Bolshevik Revolution right here with them as a Leninist vanguard? Uh, essentially, a dictatorship. They have no interest in uh, none of the freedoms of that's bourgeois. They say, and who to marches into the into the into the Valhalla. Is that the word? That's in the, the in the in the paradise, the Valhalla of the socialist dream, which is the dictatorship of the proletariat, based on a Bolshevik revolution, based on the ideas of they'll get me started. But fuck that. It's too late not to get you started. Yeah, fuck yeah. I know. I'm just kidding. Around, but anyway. <laughs> Gotta rein so, yourself in, Dave. <laughs> well, it's, 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 anyway. I'm not uh, doing it for you this time. No, you don't have to. <laughs> I, I'm just waxing poetic, and in fact, it's. Uh, but anyway, to come back to the chase. So we're talking about prime. Primary, a movement towards the primary that should be person parcel from the grassroots, the political movement rising from the grassroots that's not only about, uh, about what's happening in the primary, but what's happening right down here in the Mission District, right around here, right where we happen to live from the grassroots. And the tradition, I can go back, uh, I'll bring myself in, because the socialist movement, the Eugene Debs movement, the Socialist Party movement, was based on socialist locals, which was in the neighborhoods, going all the way from the Yiddish, the Yiddish-speaking uh, socialists of the Lower East Side of New York to the Green, the Green Revolt, the Green Farmers of Oklahoma. Am I right? True enough. And the IWW and all of that. No, 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 you're quite right. I mean, I, I said that uh, before that um, the misjudging of the American left uh, of its own political system, that it might it wish its way into a parliamentary system where a third party would be effective. Um, but probably what you're saying is, is closer to the actual experience of a lot of people. Many, many people, I mean, I know I have lots of friends who run through the process, you know, went through parties that were basically structured to work in as, under a czarist dictatorship. That's what we're talking about. Fuck that. And not, you know, they, they'd be fine if you were illegal, right? Where you, you, the idea was to have a party where everybody brings on everything because it's important you have military discipline. It's never been the situation. But a long-time member, just uh, before I want to get to, uh, we're about to wrap up, uh, but uh, to be continued for sure. Yeah, but uh, but we want to actually, but we want to get a little. I want to get more about this book because the book is. Well, we're uh, going to be the, talking the, about. We're going to be Go ahead. Well, because well, my question is, which is the title question, yeah. how can the 99% rise against the military-industrial well, complex? My argument is fundamentally that to have a national left, you've got to be in the presidential primaries. So th that is simply what that means. And it's not intended to be a, um, a universal solution for everything, that everyone should drop all other activity by any means. But it's a, uh, as they say in the, in the, in the, uh, the philosophical world, sine qua non, without it, you can't have one. Mm -hmm. um, you got to do all the other stuff, but if you're not on the national scene, people, it's just this blank in there. And to my mind, if you analyze the structure of the, the American politics, you've got to work within one of the two parties 
because I introduced this concept of an additive and subtractive political systems. That's my contribution to political science. <laughs> and what that means is a subtractive system is when you vote, if you, you enter an election and you're voting for your candidate increases the chances of the top, um, one of the top two candidates that you like less, it subtracts from your options. Uh, if it uh, add within the primary system, we haven't seen this in years, but there can be second ballots at conventions. I, in my wildest I dreams, I would have thought that Sanders might have contributed to that. There won't be a second ballot in this one because there will only be two people left. But you, it has not happened since 1952. But the structure of the Taft. system is such that if you had, you look back at the Jesse Jackson election, you could have seen him never winning that thing but possibly on a second ballot, adding to the better of the two uh, candidates ahead of him. That's an additive system. Well, I remember when the Freedom Democratic Party came in, when the Democratic Party was in Atlanta, and what happened there. Well, this is to be continued. I just want to say a movement of a Debsian tradition, of a, of a local also involved with what's happening down here in the grassroots, and emerging to also have a, a movement that will also include the primaries, what I would say. But this is to be continued. Uh, sometime after Thanksgiving, we're going to have our Thanksgiving. You're going to come back and we're going with this to death. So, hey, uh, Josh, you're hearing this for the first time. What do you think? Uh, well, well for the first time, but it, it's all important stuff. But it made me realize, and this just sort of takes it full circle, that if it weren't for Nader's bid for presidency, the one, two, three, the entire rank choice system probably never would have happened because it was following the Nader campaign, the 2000 election, that there was this push for we need to do something, and there was really a aim that we needed ranked choice voting at the national level. I don't see that happening anytime soon, but I am excited to see how, you know, the Nader spoiler effect, I don't think it really had much at the national front, but it did inspire what's now a unique form of government in the Bay Area through well, the ranked choice system. Well, it back before then. I remember when we first, anyway, I can take it back to district elections in a way. And, but anyway, that's uh, where it all began as cl clouded kind of mystery, but it was a while ago. So I want to say, to be continued, you're going to be coming back. We're going to go into this length. Uh, Josh, I want, to, I want to invite you back. I want to tell you that uh, 3 o'clock uh, every Friday, we're going to be dealing with this as we go on, casting a wider and wider net. And I want to talk about, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to continue talking about this idea of a community congress, because I can see how casting a wide net, it could include people when it, it can include all of this and bringing these together to get on the same page to get out there from the from the local to the national and beyond. Do you hear me? Absolutely. You don't have to. So anyway, so thanks for coming through. And hey, Val, anything you want to add? Uh, I think we should play some music, I and then uh, and music. then we're gonna get get going on. Um, thank you, Josh Wolf. Thank you, Tom Gallagher. Thanks for coming in to uh, the Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio. We're here every Friday from three to six p.m. at the corner of Twenty First and Florida in the Mission District of San Francisco. From Argentina, we're going to talk to her about community radio, both hemispheres coming together, think internationally. Take it away, Val. All right, we're just uh, we're just trying to work some sort of some sort of common good, and we hope that whatever comes back is going to be good too.
You are listening to the Common Thread Collective. We're here at Mutiny Radio, 21st and Florida Streets um, in the Mission District of San Francisco. Thanks for listening so uh, so much. And I want to thank all of our guests who always come in and uh, share what what they know and 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 where we can go from from where we are. Um, you know, we're we're always talking about uh, things that that affect the planet and life on this planet. And we're definitely not a cheerleader for um, any particular politicians per se. Um, you know, definitely we're, we're not a cheerleader for the president. However, um, one story that we've been following for a long time, and a lot of our friends and activists have been a part of this movement to stop and prevent the uh, Keystone XL pipeline from being built um, from Canada, which would be uh, 1,179 miles of pipeline coming down from the tar sands of Canada. But the president this week actually rejected the Keystone XL pipeline, which is a, although perhaps, you know, only symbolic um, for the time, for the time being, uh, not a battle that's over, but something that um, that most certainly has been, you know, that victory of, of having it uh, rejected, um, a victory for the people uh, who've been protesting it for the past few years. So uh, no Keystone XL pipeline right now. Thank you. 
the time has slipped us right into the four o'clock hour. Happy Friday, everybody. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective on MutinyRadio.fm right here in the Mission District of San Francisco. And, uh, well, things things are always uh, popping around here. Local politics, of course, have been uh, kind of been our what we've been uh, talking about a lot lately, and of course, we'll continue to do so. Not just local politics, but uh, policies and movements that affect everybody around the planet and wherever you are, wherever you're listening. Uh, we're still sending you love from San Francisco. So uh, come on out and join us sometime uh, in person. We'd love to have you here. Uh, yeah, Dave. Hey, go ahead, Val. No, I'm done. Go ahead. Okay, well, we're blessed. We're always blessed around here. Hey, Val, we must be do, do, doing something right. Sure we are. For sure, because everything falls into place. I was out there about a uh, quarter to three, and the sister walks in. I said, well, who might you be? I like your spirit. I can feel the, the, her light. She said, well, I'm Marie, and I Googled you guys because I wanted to find a community radio in San Francisco. Am I right so far, Marie? And I said, well, that's, well, who are you? And she said, well, I do. A community radio, avant-garde in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Am I right so far? Exactly, yeah. Exactly, so I said hands across the, around the planet, at city, in the city, on the planet and in the street. And so here she said she's gonna be around for a while, about a month or so, is that right? About a month. Yeah. So I want to want you welcome to join our far-flung collective, Marie. We'd be the Common Thread Collective, and how we can continue to connect together. I'm sure we can find a way. We always Skype. So Marie, tell us a bit about your station, our community radio in Buenos Aires. What's it called? Um, the radio was called. It's called uh, Radio Oreja. It's Which an is? online. It's like. We're uh, online too. That's good enough. That's the shit of the future and the present. <laughs> Tell us. Yeah, it's um, it's an online radio, an internet radio, and I was hosting a show with a friend called uh, Vida Calesita. Translate that, please. Life, Vida. Oh, are oh, you killing me? <laughs> <laughs> Calesita is like this, uh, you know, the the this play for uh, for children who runs how do you say that carousel I oh, guess? like a carousel yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so it'll, it's like life of carousel all right kind life of on keeps, a merry-go-round keeps, keeps that would going be. around yeah, right exactly. life on a merry-go-round <laughs> and is that uh, is that uh, well we're we're common thread collective here in san francisco so it's natural we're kind of out of the carousel you could hear it uh, what we're talking about some of that politics was uh, was probably new to you and a little bit, bit too tailed for you but life on a carousel what is that mean to you? Is that uh, is that Buenos Aires? Is that what life is like in Buenos Aires and the it Bohemian is. enclave among the youth? It is. It's because uh, we were with my friend. We were uh, going around and around the city to see bands and discover new places because there is a very a huge uh, independent scene in Buenos Aires. So that's the the spirit of the show. Well, my friend Jolita nice. Cal, do you remember Jolita? Did you know her? We were really good friends. She came here, she, she had started the, the Critical Mass in Buenos Aires. Do you know Critical Mass? It's the bike riders. They go, a lot of people ride bicycle all around town. Oh, nice. Critical Mass, it's called. They're coming okay. out of the same community. And so we had a convention. Chris Carlson had this convention. The Critical Mass had started right here. 
and she came up and we became uh, good friends, uh, really good friends. I forget exactly how. And she was coming to the show and uh, to represent Critical Mass here. And there was a big bike, uh, this is riding bikes to show people about bicycles. Because nice. I'm sure uh, that life on a merry-go-round takes place in bicycles, doesn't it, in Buenos Aires? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're talking about, a common thread right there of riding bikes around. And she had, she the start of it, and she was like, she was built kind of like you. I could see she loved riding bikes and could ride forever. So that's part of that merry-go-round, going from club to club on a bicycle. Am I right? Yeah, until they stole mine. But ah. <laughs> I used to have a bike. Oh, that happens here, too. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> part of, that's part of, that's, uh, offends my morality. Well, I got a new bike, $20. So wait a minute, you mean you st that was probably a stolen bike and you got to buy somebody like us? <laughs> somebody like you had their bike stolen so you could have a bike? Wait a minute, that's not good. That, that reminds me of college too. I mean, I lived in UC Santa Barbara and bikes were like just coming and going all the time. You'd get a bike and then it would disappear and then you'd get a new bike and you're like, hey, that was pretty cheap. I wonder where that bike came from. <laughs> I don't know. Shoot. But anyway, to go on. So you have, is there a neighborhood in Buenos Aires where these clubs are where you could where you can go and have conversations, meet one another, cafes as well as clubs, not only going to clubs and hearing music, but also a place where people can talk politics, find one another, where love can prevail, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think the old city is like that. The yeah. old city of Buenos Aires. Yeah. I it's can amazing. tell. Look at that smile. I wish we <laughs> time today. I wish we could have uh, have uh, we could be streaming as well as talking. The old city. So tell us a bit about it. About Buenos Aires. And about yourself, and about the old city, and about your life, so and what you questions. do. Um, <laughs> well, let's go with uh, Buenos Aires. Um, no, it's a very interesting city, and it has a lot of a uh, cultural center. So. Um, that's why also the, the musical scene is that rich, because there is a lot of places to, to see bands. And yeah, that, that is the thing that I like about Buenos Aires. And of course, you just had an election, you're about to have an election there too, is that yeah, right? Yeah, on the 20th, October 25th. And there's a lot happening between the, the he'd been talking about the left and the right, and now, and, yeah. but in, in Argentina, that's definitely true. Yeah, it is. And not only you have a left, but you have what we're talking about here, we had Occupy. Here, I was part of that. Did you have Occupy Buenos Aires? No, but I don't have, think yeah. so. No. We had like naturally, where you had a whole underground, there was that whole thing, a lot of people died through it. You had that whole era with the generals that you had to survive and come out, am I right? And well, like like uh, I always look at Marjolita. She was the right age. She was a young thirty, and she was so hip. But her father was a general or something. And I was wondering, so many people. I say, I had so many people were t babies were taken, you know, and given yeah, exactly. to. Them. And I've always wondered whether that was her, because she was so. And her father was a, a general, a pilot. Oh. Uh, but she said, no, no, that couldn't be. I look like my my mother. So yeah, anyway. Actually, there is an association, eh, Las Abuelas de Plaza de Mayo, Madres de Plaza de Mayo, and they searched for the kids. They found one eh, two days ago, so they find eh, 118 babies stolen by wow. the dictatorship. They betrayed so these. These are apparent that they might have not been married, were lovers and so on, but were involved in the left. Were in the left. Uh, and they were picked up by the army when they had the generals taken to the school that had been a school for pilots or something, tortured and killed. Am I right? 
And you yeah, have to live with every, that. Once you know that was a generation before you and before that. Yeah, every opponent of the government were uh, kidnapped and tortured and killed. And if they were pregnant, they let them live. If a mother, woman was pregnant, they let her live until the baby was born. Exactly. And I hate to even say this. Then they killed her, tortured her husband, and been killed before, tortured to death. And then they take the baby and give it to some general, somebody who's part exactly. of Exactly. Yeah. So you have to live with you. have emerged from that, but that still must hang over you in a way which that wouldn't happen here. Is that right? Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But Marie is actually originally from Paris. Yes. So you're, you're an, an international. I know that that microphone gets so clicky sometimes. Um, so you're you're what we say is a, a global citizen, putting roots down in Buenos Aires and uh, living there for four years. Um, what so, about your anticipations going back to France? So your roots are not Argentina. You just happen to be there. Yeah, I'm French. Okay, I'm no, I'm sorry. Well, anyway, no, but you're no, living fine, a, a lot of your friends, a lot of the people you find in Argentina are people who did go through that. Their parents and their grandparents did. But go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm actually f French for real. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I was born in France and I, I just, I was raised there. And when I was 19, I, I, I went to Buenos Aires to live. And I've been there for, yeah, kind of four years now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So at least I just started bringing the Gaelic, the French spirit, and that spirit to Argentina. And were you embraced when you came? You are. You have your own show. You're a co-host of a show there in Argentina. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And playing the music uh, that is now that people, young people, uh, you are now. Some of them recorded. Some of them just emerging. Is that where you are? That's where we are too. And put it out there. Look at that smile. I would say <laughs> you're so beautiful. But anyway, anyway, uh, so. Uh, have we found any of their music that you would be playing? We did. We did. Okay. Well, that's why don't you what Los do you have on there? Yeah, you want to introduce? Yeah, will you fan show us bit? what you would do on your radio? What's the name of your station to go? Right, <laughs> on your station, Merrick Radio. Yeah, introduce us, sister, as you would in, in Buenos Aires. Okay, so it's a band where uh, I think they started in, in 1999. And I don't know what song you are going to play, but they just um, released their third uh, CD. And it's a folklore band. Uh, so they, yeah, they mix for a, a classical Argentinian folklore with other kind of music. Here we call it Americana. Or, yeah, or folk. Or yeah, folk, well, American yeah, folk. Yeah, it's kind of that. Okay, yeah. but uh, plus, folk, plus. Well, let's give a listen. Hey, Maria, this Thanks. is your first chance. As a, welcome to Mutiny Radio. Yeah, thank you You're very I knew much. Our guest, our guest uh, DJ, MC. <laughs> Take it away. All right, here we go. Welcome. Aquí está, dándole la espalda a Dios. Aquí está, sola como el perro que mordió al hijo del dueño en la yugular. No se puede controlar, es más fácil manejar el clima. Bicicleta en un vestido tan brillante 
ser un puente de color y llevarla de aquí. Los Taballeros Bicicleta. It was just happened to be the, the Bicicleta song, and, and then Dave was talking about riding riding bikes around Buenos Aires. That's how things work out. And, That's silly. And speaking of how things work out, you know, it's so cool that you walked in today, just right this afternoon, right when we were about to start, and said, hey, I was looking for community radio in San Francisco. I came to say hi and see what I c- could do. So welcome. Welcome. <laughs> welcome home, sister. We be the Common Thread Collective, Collectiva, and you're now a member of our member of French Argentina, member of the Collective. Thank you. And of course, I go back. I'm 77, soon to be 78. I want you to invite you and invite everybody now, if I may, well, to my birthday party, my bee party, which is going to be uh, a week from today. Oh my goodness, a uh, week. To, I'm turning 78, almost 80. And it's going to be at, uh, at uh, right here in the neighborhood. It's going to be at uh, modern. I mean, at Adobe Bookstore, a, a perfect place to have an open, a perfect place where music can play, where poets can do their poetry. It's a bookstore, so if you see a favorite book, a favorite poem, just p- pull it off the out of the shelf, and you can read it. Adobe Bookstore, a really good bookstore, and it has a Spanish English section too. And are you staying in the mission? Where are you staying? No, I'm staying in Soma. In Soma, well, not that not that far away. No. And this is the mission on 24th Street. We'll make sure you come, and that will be. We're going to have the show. You'll be here next week for the show, and then we're going to have like a procession. I'm telling Val for the first time a procession from here over to uh, Adobe Books, which is on 24th Street in the heart of the mission. And that's going to be happening, and uh, you're part of it happening. Welcome aboard. Hopefully, you won't be bored. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, you're not so far. I don't either. <laughs> I know you're not. I can feel your spirit. So, do you got an, And so, do you want to give us another song? We have four songs. Do you have another? Uh, well? I found th- some music from the second band you recommended, Tobogán Andaluz. Viaje de Luz. Is that light? Tobogán Andaluz. Um, no, it's like Andalusia, the Spanish region. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Andalusia, of mm-hmm. course. That's where Lorca is from. Francisco Garcia Lorca. Take it away. 
Let's hear on the loose. So is African.
All right. I love how we're incorporating this music from Argentina uh, into our program today with our new friend Marie. Hey, Marie. Up from Radio Oreja. That's Radio O-R-E-J-A dot com dot A-R for Argentina. And, th- and that's Black Hair Radio? <laughs> I'm sorry? Black Hair Oreja. What's Oreja? No, it's just an A-R. It's for Argentina. Yeah. No, oh, I think he was saying because it's part of the um, the community center or the cent- cultural center where the station is. La, what you said, La Oreja Neg- Negro? Yeah, exactly. It's hosted in, um, in a cultural center. Well, that's where it should be. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is happening. The people were hearing some of the music we were playing, and the people are coming playing music there, getting together, having a cultural center. Well, wait, we got a call. Hold on, I grab that. Hey, brother, is that be you? Hey, what's up? Well, you're about to tell us. Uh, where are you? This is Mike. We're out in Taos here with uh, Reverend Yamato, Eddie and Co. And uh, we oh, just yeah. uh, want to uh, say hello to you and all your listeners, all relatives out there, and um, ask uh, relatives to please um, get involved and uh, come on out to D.C. with us, those who can, and I'm trying to put the word out for anyone that may have a bus or know anybody that has a bus so we can um, so we can uh, get more people out to D.C. There's a lot of people that want to get on the Freedom Buses for Leonard Peltier for the rally beginning November 26th at the White House to uplift President Obama to grant Leonard executive clemency. Oh, that's, uh, that's beautiful. I'm glad we need these regular updates. And look, it looks more and more likely I, my, I myself, might be joining you there in uh, D.C. Nice. So we're working it out. Nice. And I talked to Felipe today. And uh, to talk to Felipe today. And definitely, I'm on that, uh, I'm on that, uh, uh, on that list, the Lakota, uh, Lakota Rainbow Facebook list with Loud Hawk right. and the other sister in, in the Rapid City. You know what I'm talking She might be calling in, too. And I can yeah, well, yeah, Gene's going to call up in a bit, yeah. Okay, and the enthusiasm is palpable among the Lakota yeah, people. Yeah, there's a lot of people getting on the bus up in South Dakota and Rapid City and Pine Ridge, Rosebud, Standing Rock. Um, a lot of people in Colorado, a lot of people in New Mexico, people up in um, Michigan, Wisconsin. And uh, so, and we heard about people in the Bay Area there um, out of Berkeley. So we uh, want to um, put updates. Um, look at the Facebook is Peltier Rally in D.C., and... They just started up one of those um, Kickstarter, you know, GoFundMe pages. It's just like literally like an hour or two ago. So people want to um, it, like full transparency, everything right on. It's going to um, everything will go for gas money for the vehicles, for um, uh, food, for um, like hotels for elders and spiritual leaders, you know, that come out to D.C. Um, the rest of us will be at the encampment at um, uh, Greenbelt Park in Maryland and beginning a few days before and then starting that morning. On the 26th, we'll be um, we'll be out there at the you White mean. House. So, can you can you give us the the uh, the link or the information so how people can get to that? Is it a Kickstarter campaign to? I know this is really embarrassing, and I that's why I have you on speakerphone. I was just texting about it, and when I um, the lady uh, Sopa um, Garma who put it up just in the last literally hour. Um, um, she said, "Direct them to the Facebook page." Okay, great. And again, what's that Facebook page? It's just um, is uh, Peltier Rally in DC. Okay, got it. You got to put that link on there, and it's somehow it's uh, 
Uh, it's not there yet. So, no problem. Um, well, you just put it up wait. there. No problem. What, and In moments, I hope. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, um, uh, Reverend Yamato is here, the initiator of the Global Peace Walk. And, Yamato! Um, and, uh, aho. Hello. Uh, my name is uh, Reverend Yosei Yamato. I'm a Renner Party the uh, 1995, uh, uh, and I walked across and I visited uh, a prison and uh, to talk to the telephone. And in uh, uh, year, two, uh, year 1980, uh, this is a long, long walk for survival. I was walking for the San Francisco to all the way to uh, Washington, D.C., New York. Remember. Uh, this period, uh, I visited uh, the Indian chief, uh, 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 Archfire MDR uh, with us and then uh, four day fasting and uh, prisoner together and uh, visit uh, Renaud and uh, brought the uh, medicine pipe uh, uh, drum uh, together to 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 uh, uh, play for the uh, uh, all indigenous people uh, land and life with separate suffering. Uh, that's why all incidents, all kind of things happened. Not only uh, American Indian nation, uh, the, uh, all over the world, uh, uh, all traditional people. Uh, this day, future generations are coming to waiting for uh, the, uh, the this period. Uh, our real uh, deep meaning is a barbed wire fence. Uh, this meaning is all human history. War and the war and the sunrise to the sunset. Now the age of the universe. Okay. All this generation, 180 degree uh, direction, uh, uh, spiritual way and the peaceful way. Oh. Uh, uh, I have to pray for. Uh -huh. uh, for the rush out the house <laughs> and the climb on the hill. Listen to pine tree needle voice. This is the uh, our ancestors' voice. Humanity must be peaceful way of life. Uh, thank you, uh, all the ceremony and the gathering coming, Indian nation, uh, uh, how to be the spirituality to showing all future generations. Oh. Uh, uh, once again, how to unite again to all nations. Uh, oh. This globe is uh, our house and the altar. Uh, how to be on the earth and the water and the fire and the air and the global community, and uh, once again, thank you, all my friends. Hey, Yamato. I, I, do you remember me, Diamond Dave? I first met you when you first came from Japan, a Japanese Buddhist who came here and connected with us way back then, about 1980. Do you remember me, Yama, Yamato? Oh, yeah. Oh, all the way. With Felipe. With Felipe, uh, right? Uh, yes, uh, it's Golden been many, Gate many years. Many... At, uh, our concert, uh, beginning of the prayer started. When you were on Hate Street, he was yes, the Buddhist yes. of Hate Street in those yes. days. When the punk anyway, Yamato, we're coming together. Are you going to be there in D.C.? Yes, yes. Well, it looks yeah. like it looks like I'm going to be there in uh, D.C. as well. Yeah, Felipe yeah, really wants me to come. Wonderful uh, blessing and a beautiful relationship. Talking oh, about, we got to get everybody. We got to get Amy Goodman there. You know, all you guys there. How do we? Um, I'm so glad you're coming, man. We got to get all, all like I don't know more. All the occupy all human beings bring all causes. See if we can get a large amount of people use this 
social media. So please put the word out there, everybody. Thank we, you guys for the good work you're doing. Yeah, and we, abs- and we absolutely will. I mean, right now it's uh, streaming on mutinyradio.fm. It'll become a podcast, too, right after the show. So we can definitely spread the word. And, and I always post what we're doing here on the show on our Facebook page to let people know what to listen to. And I'll definitely put the link to the Facebook page, the Peltier Rally DC, so that people can join or, and or contribute to get people out there. Good one. Thank you. Yeah, I I think Obama wants to do the right thing. He wants to free Leonard, and so this is the people's movement to empower him to do that. And you know, he just stopped the the uh, the Keystone, excuse me, the Keystone pipeline today. And right, um, it's it's really good. So it seems like everything's right on you know time. I mean, it's not. It's forty years. It's 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 horrible. And but this is at least like right now. You know, better late than never. Let him free. You know, to be with his family and his people and to live his life. You know, and then all healing for all, you know, free all political prisoners. And, you know, we need the healing in this world, you know, with what's going on. Fukushima going four years, four years now, and and we need a global human resolve on these things and get this uh, nuclear away and the GMO away and all that cancer-causing pesticide and then this war. We could just disarm and humanity come and, you know, in peace and love, you know, like all, all human beings to bring the troops home, you know, come be with your families and, Stop all this this way, this path that we're going, and the pollution and everything. Thank you guys for your support and love. Bless you guys. Hey, thanks for calling. Let me say this: that I it looks to me I've been playing and not resolved. That I, that I, that I'm going to be with you guys right there in Lafayette oh. Park, right there across that fence with oh. the White House. And I think Thank we're going to we're going to have to be able to have. I've just had the the vision of a real Thanksgiving there because we're going to have a Thanksgiving for the release of Peltier, and we're going to have it. We're going to have all the fixings right there in Lafayette Park. I know we can cook in the green space. We're going to invite people to come and participate. We can get that turkey for those who don't are not vegetarian. I'm not, and we can share a thanks a real a thanks a real Thanksgiving, right there in front of the White House. Thanksgiving for the release of Leonard Peltier. Am I right? Yes, and we're gonna and then we're we're gonna begin on that day on tw- the 26th, and then keep going and not just like a one day or a two day or three day weekend kind of event with the the big like famous speakers and all the like the events and stuff like that and then everyone goes but actually do you stay there for a minute as long as like well the you council can. you know agrees to of you know all the people you know working together decide doing this that um, what they want to do you know we'll all work together of course in a good way. Um, we um, but like we may have to be there for a minute. Maybe that's what it'll take to get that kind of media attention. So well, you'll be there. Takes, other we, people stay. We, people we come want in. to emphasize in the spirit of peace and love, nonviolence, no drugs, no alcohol. Like we want just people to be their stellar, beautiful selves and and and, and come in that way of peace, that spirit of peace and love, and that's and nonviolence. That's what we really want to say. Thank you. But I can only come for a week or so, but I come back. But I definitely want to be there and to establish a base to make that a place. Now, the Thanksgiving Council of the Rainbow Gathering is going to be going on, I think, in New York. And we'll let people know that that's going to be happening there. And people before and after can come down and help keep the spirit moving. Uh, Good one. And also, um, if uh, if anyone has connections to, like, on the eastern seaboard, and the, and the, you know, up in New York and all everywhere, like, you know, up and down the coast, like, to... Um, organize uh, more buses, you know, for people that might want to come from that area because we're focusing a lot of areas where, you know, west coast to out this way and up to Lakota country and, you know, and then um, out to uh, Wisconsin and 
uh, Michigan and, you know, all that, um, tribes out there. And but we, we haven't really been doing that as much organizing, actually, unfortunately, you know, but it's, uh, this all come about real quick, you know, as well, you guys know. Today is the first day of the rest now. of our life. If we can uh, organize on anybody you want to organize on the East Coast, you know, please do that. Help us out. Be coming from the East Coast, I will do what I can here and say, come for the East Coast for for the Thanksgiving, and then take it back with them and send it out there to come on down to Washington D.C. Because we oh. plan to stay there when we can. This is, you know, my line: don't panic, uh, just keep it organic. Oh. Uh, in fact, along this line, I want to introduce you. She just walked through the door earlier. This is Sister Maria from uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. She does a show like this, kind of like this, in Buenos Aires, coming from a cultural center in Buenos Aires, Argentina, bringing together the music, bringing in all of this. So, Maria, say hello. Hello. <laughs> and, so hey. she, and so you hear what's going on. She's going to be here for about a month, right? So you're going to be... A month, yeah. A month, and then she can take things back to Buenos Aires, Argentina, because we'd, we'd be down with supporting the indigenous people. We're just saying that off the air. They have, there's only a few left in Argentina, but they're wiped out, but they're coming back, and the same in Chile. Am I right? Yes, I think in Chile there are more communities. There are more in Uruguay, too. In Uruguay, Argentina. we got a friendly government. Like now you're, now, now, we have in Canada, we have some change talking about, uh, the, talking about we now have a friendlier government in Canada. And hopefully in Argentina that's true as well, isn't it? The elections are coming up. Yeah, the second round is the November 22nd. And who's running there? Who's uh, who, who are you going to vote for? Who's uh, has some understanding of what's going on? I can't vote because I'm French. Oh yeah, but <laughs> is there is there a candidate who has some understanding of what's going on? It's uh, there is um, the candidate of the last uh, president, the same party, and there is a liberal candidate. Okay, well let's see what happens. We're down with the left here and beyond. We'd be anarchists who vote. Anyway, and that'd be worldwide. Well, hey, Sister, come, coming through. Why don't you put some more music on from back there? And I, I see now, Richard, why don't you give, do you have something that fits in? Would well, you like to do it now? Well, I can. I yeah, can everything you do fits it. in. Well, it seems to, but uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just glad that you're here and talking to, to us about what's going on in Argentina. You know, we, we don't really get the news, so. It's always good when people come in, they can tell us what's really going on. But yeah, and to, and to be continued. Well, why don't we play some more music from the Cultural Center, Radio Merrigrand, and then uh, Richard, why don't you...
Welcome back. Yeah, I don't have it. Um, welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective. Global Val here with our friend, Richard Sandorell. Hi, Richard. Hello, Valerie. How are you? I'm great. Welcome back. Yeah, I am back, aren't I? You well, are. Me too. Well, before I forget, let's remind everybody that on October, on February 2nd, Groundhog's Day is going to be a celebration of Diamond Dave. Um it's going to be at uh, 4.30 to 7.30 at the main library in downtown San Francisco uh, in the Caret Auditorium. And if there's anybody out there who has stories, who's worked with him on through art, politics, uh, social issues, whatever it is, uh, it's time to come and tell stories on Dave and celebrate Dave. Uh, so um, I'm putting the words out so people can email me at honoring dd that's h-o-n-o-r-i-n-g dd at yahoo.com all small cased again honoring dd at yahoo.com h-o-n-o-r-i-n-g at yahoo.com and reserve your space so that we can figure out uh, the lineup Nice. So three. It'll be. A, that's a Tuesday evening, February second, at in San Francisco. So yeah, email Richard. Tell him what you want to do. Uh, I know he's asked me to come do a little spot, um, basically kind of saying how uh, Dave has influenced Diamond Dave has influenced your life, and also share a little bit of your art or your politics, um, whatever it may be. And uh, I know it'll be a good time. So definitely on. Email Richard so he so he knows who's coming. It's not like the common thread you, when you just show up and we say, "Hey, yeah. you, who are you? Here, you want a microphone?" We sort uh, of have to schedule this one. Right, right. So, so. please do uh, write to write to Richard. Tell him who you are, what you want to do, and, and that way we can figure out if we can accommodate what you can do. I think pretty much all accommodations. The only thing I have to find out is about electric music, whether they can do that in the library. But other than that, I think just about everything's open for whatever uh, uh, format you want. If you can't come and you want to send a CD, for instance, or whatever those plugins are that you can put into a computer, they have those capabilities so that you can you can at least send the message if you can't come yourself. So. And you know, that also reminds me, and I don't know if anybody out there is listening who've done this, but so many filmmakers have been through here and in, in, in Dave's life in other ways. But just since I've been doing the show here with Dave, there's been... Uh, Tons of people coming through saying, hey, I'm doing a documentary. Maybe it's a school project or, or something more professional in advance. I'm doing this on Diamond Dave. So if uh, if someone's got like a, a short video, uh, I know that the Corette Auditorium has that capability as well. Yeah. yeah. So that would be cool to have that yes. in there. So, so please, please let us know. And uh, so we'll, uh, we'll keep you updated. Well, I'll, I'll read a piece. I was down on uh, Mission Street the other day, and of course my heart's continually being broken down there. Uh, and um, so this was my observance. It's called, Welcome Back, Gringo. Welcome back, Gringos. We're making a place nice for you. We bring you a draft house that will show movies at, at the new Mission Theater, where the sign saved by the Hysterical Society couldn't save what the old Mission Theater represented. Beer and movies, good combo for immature king gringos. Across the street, a new bar with invisible bars, all nice dusky colors and clean, tells you who is welcome and who is not. 
European plays to be performed instead of current art and theater. Uniformity will kill dissent. Move along, you artist. This is no place for you. Oh, yes, we got to fight this. Well, and that, that, this is what the Comet <laughs> Collective is certainly about. Yes. You hear and you see, we're so glad to have you aboard. In fact, it reminded me, I haven't mentioned, but let me get to this while well, I'm still, uh, I hope I'm not talking to you, uh, Joe, that uh, we wrote, so I'm looking at you about Vietnam Vets Against the War, Vets for Peace. And they're, they're going to be holding, we mentioned Bernie Sanders, we we're talking about the primary. Bernie Sanders, we're talking about people getting together in the grassroots, the new generation that came together to try to get Prop I passed. It was defeated, but the beat goes on. And uh, tomorrow, tomorrow at City Hall, started in front of City Hall and uh, in the plaza, the, 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 the head of, uh, the head of uh, Bets for Sanders is the main speaker. There's many speakers. I saw Amy was on the list, Amy Weiss, in fact. There's going to be a rally. There's going to be a come together. For, uh, called uh, Have You Had Enough or something? Have You Taken Enough? But in fact, it's going to be a rally to bring this together out of which the, this campaign of the Democratic Socialist Bernie Sanders is being arranged, established a base, and so it ain't over yet. When it's over, the beat goes on. And uh, it's true, I walk around the mission and almost every block I see something that's relating to uh, relating not to who is living there now, who have been living there, but this new group we're talking about, like I see right around the corner, there's something called local local wines. When it says local, that's, uh, that, that's kind of an ironic laugh, because when they say local, they mean that new bunch that are coming in. Don't, locals, they don't get too, too crazy, yeah. that new bunch. Then there's a local, local food store, organic, called local. Yeah. And then uh, that... Uh, that, uh, I mean, no, I, I have to say, though, Dave, I mean, when they talk about local foods, they're talking about foods that are coming from local, local areas. areas. No, it's I not necessarily that, but, but saying I, I that we're, like, saying. growing in, right, out of the, case, right out of the middle of the yeah. block, you but know? But in those case, this case, I'm telling you about two, two stores that have opened up recently. Both of them, if you can see, if you walk in, are relating not to the, the people who live here or have been living here for years, but to, that new, to this new community. Well, it was the irony of the new new mission sign. First off, they they were able to save the sign, new mission sign. Now it's all gussied up, looks really nice, and I'm glad. You know, it's an it's a it's a nice piece of I think art. But the the whole idea is is that uh, it's also that metaphor of well, this is now the new mission theater. The old new mission theater is gone. That that old new mission is gone. This is the new mission. And uh, yeah, just uh, that's uh, what they're trying to do to us. And just uh, just to uh, relate to what you were saying, walk down around the corner and down the street, you'll see local wines. Have you seen that? No, I don't pay attention oh, okay. to wine. Okay, well, well, take a uh, take a look. Walk in that store <laughs> and come to your own conclusions as to who is that aimed at the at the, uh, the Chicano Latino families that have been living here for for so long, or does it have another? And there's another down the street a bit, one block down, and down the street is another one called Local Foods. Walk in there and come to your own conclusions. That's what I'm saying. And, uh, and also, to go on with that, there is this condo development that goes right up. They're on 22nd and Mission. That goes right up to the one that was mysteriously burned out. That's never, we've never had a proper explanation. It's still burned out. And I wouldn't be surprised whether that condo 
million dollar condos and so continues to move all the way around the corner because that's still empty and I don't see any work going on to where that uh, that mysterious fire took place down to 22nd on Mission and around the corner and what is that one called? Yeah. Vita. 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 Life. And how many Latino families are going to be living there? It's million-dollar condos. Well, actually, that's in the same block as New Mission Theater. That's what we're talking it. about. In yeah. fact, it's owned by the same people, I yeah. think. Yeah. So that's house. all. I'm, I'm not making any uh, anything cast in concrete. I'm not, not making excursions. I'm just observing from what I see as a, as a well, long-time resident of the mission. Well, then in that case, I'll read this piece then. Um, Right up along that alley, uh, I've just written this piece. I finished it off today. It may not be done. I don't know. Uh, you know how these things are, we poets and writers. It, it's called, he came, he came from the past, passing. He lay fallow for years in the sand. Then one year the rain stand and flow over the land and soak deep until it reaches the man. No ordinary man, but one when in water lives again. His hands become the shovels to dig himself free and breeze, gains the sweet smell of the air of rain and expended electricity. Again, above the desert's terrain, the night sky glistens on the moonless night, giving way to stars that shine over him. He is close enough to a major city to which he moved toward with great caution. He had last been above ground as all the bombing in as, as when all the bombing in Vietnam and in the Empire had reached its peak. No longer able to cope with all the violence, he burrowed down into the sand and passed for a time. This was not this was not the first time. He has come and gone like this in many different places and times, doing his report for himself. As a man walks toward the streets to the city, police stop him and ask him where he's going. He didn't have a reason except to say that he was looking to see what was going on and what it was like. Well, that didn't work. Checks were made. Nothing was found. It's like he fell off 40 years ago. Man noticed that there was many people who spoke uh, the colonizer's language, Spanish, in this police station. They were being interrogated. Evidently, he had learned that they were considered illegal, as he was at this point. Things apparently still haven't changed much in time. They held the man for 72 hours, but could not find any dirt on him. They cited him for not having a proper ID and released him back to the streets. There, he finds people ignoring each other where fear, and, where fear is much in certain areas. Divisions apparent. His mission is to continue his reporting, again, not for anyone but himself, so he goes back to the desert to once again bury himself to dry perchance to sleep until the next time. That's how we feel, and that's what we're about right here. To, to his sleep reporting. Until the next time. Here we be. Hey, hey, so good to have you here. So good to be part of this flow going on. Now we've, we're, we're, we're coming to the, the, the last hour. Hey. Uh, and we got uh, right there, I believe they're there. They're tuned up, ready to go, alive in the studio. I'm talking about my, my, my brother, uh, Rainbow. Are you there, Rainbow? Take it away, bro. Hey, he's tuning up. Hey, Rainbow and Drift. How you guys doing? Thanks for being here. Take it away if you're ready. You 
Okay, yeah, this is uh, Drift on bass, on Rainbow. Nice. And I uh, want to thank Diamond Dave for letting us play here. Uh, so here we go. Could you, could you move your uh, vocal microphone closer? Earth. It's called um, If the Bomb Comes. Thank you, thank you. There's a sweet girl Someplace in the world But don't you ever be bold This place is a cesspool Just take a look at the skin That you're living in I thought that you might like to know Oh, that you're a living soul I just can't understand All the violence in man you say that you don't wanna die If the bomb comes There'll be no place left to hide And oh, what it is worth I love the mother earth but I cry Think she is dying, and you say that you don't wanna die. But if the bomb comes, there'll be no place left to. Thank you. Thank you.
Fuck you. Hey, uh, Val, one. are you coming in? Hey, Rainbow. Hold up that. We have a phone, uh, phone call from Rapid City, South Dakota. So hold a minute. Hold that thought. We'll come back to you for another song. But meanwhile, here be Jean. Yeah, we've got Jean Roach on the on the line, and she is a survivor of the Oklahoma fire fight in what during which Leonard Peltier Peltier um, well was you know arrested for that that infamous uh, fight. Welcome, Jean. Well, Jean, that's a gala. Hello. Hi. And the Pine Ridge Reservation. Hey, Jean. Uh, really good to hear your voice. Thank you. So, and you're in Rapid City, South Dakota right now, am I right? Hello? Hello, Jean. Yes, yes, sorry. Couldn't hear you. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, you're in Rapid City, am I right? South Dakota. Yes, I am. Okay, well, tell us a bit about your memories, of what it was like there in Agala on the Pine Ridge back then, and also, I say, the past shakes hands of the future to the now, right now. And also, I had our brother Mark from uh, Taos, who's organizing the buses, and we'll be on our way to D.C. I talked to Felipe earlier, and it looks like I'm going to be coming to D.C. too. So tell us a bit from, from your perspective, <laughs> just by chance. Yes, indeed. I said we're going to have a real Thanksgiving right in front of the White House. You'll be there. We'll all be there. <laughs> we'll have our circle, and we're going to have a, the real Thanksgiving. The first real Thanksgiving <laughs> right there in front of the White That's House. That's funny. Because we really don't celebrate it. Well, I we're gonna we're gonna celebrate if 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 if, uh, if our fellow Leonard is walking free, and we'll say, hey Obama, why don't you come out and share a drumstick with us? Because we'd be drumming too. Yes. Um. Yeah. Well. See, I'm not. I wasn't raised on the reservation. I've been in Rapid City and other places, but mostly in Rapid City, South Dakota, which is like about a hundred miles from there. And I was basically in Oglala at the time. My mother sent me and my brother down there. Her and Leonard were friends, Leonard Peltier. And so we were down there learning about, you know, our spirituality, the sweat lodge. Basically, we were doing security, cooking, you know, you name it. They had most of us helping wherever we could, wherever the people needed help at, we were there. So one of the things that, you know, that... It was kind of a beginning for me at the time. I was 14. My brother was like 11 years old. And we were both there when the shooting happened, along with several other people. But um, a lot of, you know, I couldn't even understand, like, the way that the FBI portrays itself, you know, is totally different than what they did down there. You know, kicking in our, you know, where we lived at, we had tents and teepees. They went through all our stuff and just tore it all up, you know. They had so much disrespect for Joe Stunt. They left him there all day, you know, in the heat after he, you know, was killed. And they never mentioned him, you know. He was, you know, coming down to the Sundance. A lot of people were getting ready for the Sundance at that time. Most of the young people that were there were under the age of 18. Most of the guys that were there were getting ready to go to the Sundance. Wow. We took sweats, you know, almost every evening. And we always had something positive to do. But when the shootout happened, immediately we were labeled as well-armed guerrillas. And I'm like, what is that, you know? <laughs> oh, boy. Pretty crazy labeling. But 
So there's always been a stereotyping of the whole situation of the Peltier Doglawa firefight. You know, these stereotypes um, are untrue, you know. And this is coming out of a time, context, they say, is everything. A time with there on the res, there was a lot of struggles going on. Other people had been died along the way. Other people were killed. You had the thugs who was working for the for the chief, for the for the for the system at the time. You had the American yes. Indian movement. All of that was going on in the reservation. Am I right? Yeah, it was more or less the law of the gun. And if you were known to be an AIM member or uh, family members were AIMed, they were you know you you were always having to be afraid of being attacked. Well, which was by the Goon Squad, which is Dick Wilson's um, Dick Wilson, that's you know, right. crew. He His was goons. the tribal president then, but he was against anything in a traditional sense as far as ceremonies. Long hair, I mean, if you had long hair, you were immediate target. You know, um, they were backed by the federal government. They gave them APCs and weapons and all kinds of stuff to come against us. And we were just people, you know, we were never advanced in that type of, you know, uh, what would you call it? Military training. And, uh, and but they attacked us like we were, you know. I don't know who they thought we was. We were basically, you know, really teenagers. And this <laughs> a is lot a of couple us of FBI agents in the Oglala firefight, but too. other people in the whole um, Pine Ridge area, yeah, they faced a lot of um, a lot of um, attacks. Well, a lot of people were killed during that time. A lot of unsolved, you know, murders. And was this that before? To date have never been. Well, they didn't really even attempt to solve them. And uh, th was this before or after Wounded Knee? This was after Wounded Knee. That's right. Wounded so Knee was in 1973. The Oglala firefight was in 1975 in so, June. So a lot for those two years, a kind of a war on the res. This was happening. Oh yeah. The, 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 Not uh, only the, that, but afterwards too. And afterwards too. All kinds of stuff. Yep. They, and anyway, and so Leonard Peltier, after the and then what was that? Was that called Jumping uh, Jumping Frog Camp? What was the name of the camp where all this took place? Jumping Bull. That was the name of the people that lived there, the one that owned the land. Jumping Grandma Bulls. and Grandpa Jumping Bull. Oh, I they get it. They just celebrated their 50th anniversary. Uh, Leonard Peltier and all the different people that lived in the area. Uh, basically, Dennis Banks was staying there. He was going to trial in Custer. So he had security there. That's why a lot of people were around there, too. There's several different families in the area. But we all did security and helped with the 50th anniversary. So this is kind of a community, kind of a commune, uh, people working together in an indigenous and in kind of a traditional way with sweat lodges and people lending a hand to one another and it had little or nothing to do with money and capitalism in the system. Am I right? No, we built, we built a community garden. That's what um, I'm talking about. We had a security, uh, you know, like when people were doing traditional ceremonies, they were actually being um, attacked or people would go by and shoot at their homes, stuff like that. So, yeah, we had to protect the people. And it was like, I mean, it wasn't me, but, you know, the older ones well, that I was, always had to be, you know, doing security, protecting. Well, I was hearing that about was by, it. That was by the people that lived there that wanted the protection, you know. And, has and they always came to, you know, to where we were camped at and where we stayed at, and they brought food, and they just come, you know, come to the sweat. At that time, that community of Oglala was getting ready to pull away from the bureaucratic, um, uh, the bureaucratic, uh, 
Anyway, under uh, Dick Wilson's um, presidency, they wanted to be separate from Pine Ridge area. The Oglala one, the Oglala community wanted to be uh, independent, direct contact with DC or whatever. You know, independent. Separate. And I knew I, I was there. Let me take. I just want to give our listeners a look. Ogala is like a TV circle. It's a bunch of houses, kind of like uh, affordable houses, but built in a circle. Am I right? That's my memory. Not really. It's kind of a square, but that's not where we stayed at. We stayed out in the country where the um, grandma and grandpa had a, you know, they had their home out there. Okay, I got it. They had a place called Jumping Bull Hall, which is kind of like a bigger building where we used to have, like, films and little get-togethers and, you know, little powwows. Kind of a cultural center. And the grandpa was well-known in the community. Oh, so he was... uh, These are the elders. Well, look. Yes. This is some good words. We're going to have next week. I want more to come. But tell us a bit. Uh... Uh, we have their brother who's in Taos now. We're talking about organizing the buses. There's going to be people coming from uh, from Pine Ridge, from uh, from uh, Rapid City, from across this country, and we're all going to connect to and beef over Thanksgiving, so-called Thanksgiving in Washington D.C. Am I right? Well, I don't know about Thanksgiving. Like I said, a lot of us don't really celebrate well, that. For but about that we time are of year. Come together under unity. For Leonard, we need a strong voice for to ask Obama for clemency. It's been a long fight. Leonard's in ill health. You know, he's a diabetic. He's, he's 71 years, years old inside of the prison, you know. 40 we years in prison. We need to get him out of there. He's an elder. We need to give him the respect that he deserves. Exactly. So uh, so we want to put it out there. We've been putting it out there every week. Uh, folks have been calling in about talking about it, about the road, all roads are leading to D.C., uh, over that, uh, during that, at the end of my, let me just put it this way, at the end, uh, can I just say at the end of November, we're going to be in front of the White House, we're going to be feeding the people, we're going to be having a uh, a gathering there in D.C. Am I right so far? More of a spiritual. And we spiritual are coming in well. a spiritual way. Spiritual, We're uh, bringing really. together our different um, beliefs, all praying that Leonard will be released by Obama. And we're going to be sharing we need food. Real power. There's a lot of injustices, a lot of, a lot of violations of human treaty. You know, all kinds all of, of constitutional violations against Leonard. Two of his co-defendants were acquitted on the basis of self-defense. Well, I met the them. The camp and, was attacked. And I met them. We have I, a right to defend ourselves, so he should. He should have been acquitted also. That's right. I met them but, in uh, in uh, in St. Louis when the Rainbow family came down to establish a camp for the people during uh, Leonard's hearing, and there was Bobogard. How do you say him? The 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 two people were acquitted. Bodegard, Bodegard. What's his name? Who? The brother who was acquitted. Oh, Butler and Rabadu. Rabadu it was Rabadu. I met because Rabadu helped uh, came down with the with the dog soldiers and the elders to help organize that camp, and he was a strong I person. I think that's Steve Rabadu you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was Steve Rabadu. I met him and do him. Yeah, there. he did a lot of stuff. He was the head of the Peltier Leonard Peltier Defense Committee for many years. I'm highly intelligent. He strong. always started out with a circle. That's you know, what we always started a circle and a prayer. And that's where the rainbow Sunrise and the Lakota ceremonies. come together, isn't it? That's why there's rainbow, why the rainbow, uh, the rainbow uh, Lakota alliance uh, was so not so powerful and came together because we always start with a circle too, you know? Yep. And you and know, great. <laughs> I'm laughing. We have to have respect for each other, and everything's going to be a great timing. So I want to say I'm going to see you. It looks like I'm going to get a chance to be there. 
I'm about, I guess I'm elder now because I'm about to turn 78 on uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Friday, of, well, November 12th. And then I'm hoping. Well, happy birthday. Well, it will be. <laughs> and I hope I'm saying if anybody has any donations they want to give me, it's going to help me get to hear it out there, help to get me, um, help me to get me to D.C. So, hey, sister, so we can stand in that circle right in front of the White House as you're talking about together, Lakota, Rainbow, and all of our brothers and sisters in a ray and pray and drum and dance for Leonard Peltier. Is that right? Yes, all nations. Together. All nations come together. And we just had our fellow. Yep. All nations. Thank well, look, you. Thanks for, for calling. We got to go out. Thank you, Gene. Thank you for calling. Please definitely give us a call again. We'd love to, to hear from you. And uh, we're sending people out. To connect with everybody going out to Washington, D.C., they're starting in Greenbelt Park in Maryland um, and then going to be at the White House November 26th. Check out their Facebook page, Peltier Rally. That's P-E-L-T-I-E-R Rally, R-A-L-L-Y. Check it out on Facebook for the information. They also just started a Kickstarter, and there's a link through there, too, if you want to contribute and help get people out there. So So thanks to everybody for calling us in. We're going to keep going here with our open mic portion of the of the show we've got uh, one more song coming from rainbow and drift take it away guys Okey-dokey. thanks for waiting this is for all you marijuana smokers it's called marijuana be free yeah just pretend that I'm not even here No, they're all anywhere In yeah, something in the air Let's call it atmosphere One day I'll get up from my bed Then I'll see my body lying dead But I won't have the time to stick around I gotta be on my way Just wanna go where the wind does blow Just wanna be where the river flows And we'll end up, God only knows I hope it ain't the snow Cause there's nothing that I own 
not even my skin and my bones. As I wander, nameless and unknown. Wow, oh, I gotta get stoned. You know I really wanna get stoned. Yeah, you know I really wanna get stoned. Well, come on, all you people, yeah. Don't leave me out here all alone. Do you want a marijuana? Wanna be free? Yeah, do you want a marijuana? Wanna be free? Well, I'll show you the way to really Just open your eyes and see. Well, I pretend that I'm so blue. Yeah, honey, if only you were to. You'd be me and I'll be you. And then together we'll fly through. Let's fly a Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Thank you. Hey, you two, you just get to be better to better. It's so good to have you, have you here as part of our collective. Thanks Each and every week, just getting better and better, climbing that tower of success. And now we got James. Not James Dallin, but James. Conrad. James Conrad and, uh, and Bloodflower could be on that piano. I want to say what they're getting up there. Next week is going to be my B-Day show. Seven to eight years on the planet. Oh, my goodness. Seven to eight years on the planet saying learn to love, love to learn, never it ends. And the party, which is going to be at, uh, we'll be talking further, which is going to be at uh, the bookstore called Adobe. Afterwards, come on through. A lot of the people you are playing here are going to be there. There, The party will continue. And now we have the party will continue. That's Friday the 13th right here and then at Adobe Bookstore on 24th Street. The party beat goes on. Hey, James Conrad. Hey, uh, hey James Conrad. Hey, Bloodflower, take it away, please. There they go. That was good. Hello, folks. My name is James Conrad. I was, we were just kind of clowning around out here. Clowning around where? Um, Mr. Ellis is fixing the mic, so I'm going to basically just kind of keep the clock moving here and talk about my book, Zordo Cleans House. Story about a man uh -oh. falsely convicted and uh, imprisoned for 11 years. And are we good with that mic? God damn it. It's fine. Oh, Jesus. Everything's breaking down. Anyway, so it's, Zordo Cleans it's House all working. is about, uh, but when society treats a person as an enemy and they create an enemy. And with me at the piano is Bloodflower. And this is episode 44 of Zordo Cleans House. On the afternoon of Zordo's second day in the hospital, Dr. Balvindra Patel, who had performed the appendectomy, stepped into Zordo's room. As Zordo lay on his bed, queasy and weak from the surgery, an intravenous antibiotic drip feeding into his arm, he turned his head and looked at Dr. Patel with a soft, polite grin. Hey, he said in a languid voice. Well, Mr. Ruiz, I have some bad news, said Dr. Patel. Zurdo looked up at Dr. Patel with a flat expression. The spot on your pancreas has turned out to be stage four cancer, which appears to be particularly aggressive and has already begun to spread to your stomach. What does stage four mean, asked Zurdo. Well, Dr. Patel paused, sighed, and lowered his eyes, hating what he had to tell Zurdo. There is no stage five. Zordo blinked a couple of times and chewed his lip. So what does that mean? Are we gonna get rid of it? Well, the cancer is inoperable, but we can slow it down with radiation and chemotherapy. Nonetheless, I doubt very much that it is possible to make it go away entirely. So I'm going to die, in other words, said Zordo, anger creeping into his voice. Is that what you're telling me? Well, not immediately, said Dr. Patel, but the cancer is terminal. Okay, so how long have I got? Well, I would estimate a little more than six or seven months. The radiation and chemotherapy could get you a few months extra, but inevitably, the cancer will catch up with you. Uh-huh, said Zorda with a solemn nod of his head. He sighed. Thanks, doctor. I'm sorry, Mr. Ruiz. No, it's not your fault, said Zordo. Shit happens, I guess. 
Nobody can do anything about it. That's just how it is. As Dr. Patel left the room, Zordo stared up at the ceiling. Trembling with helpless anger, he sighed and salty tears of despondency flowed down his cheeks. Thank you very much. Tune in next week, same time, roughly, depending. And same channel for episode 45 of Zordo Cleans House. Thanks a million, and give it up for Mr. Bloodflower. Thank you very much, Mutiny Radio, and back to you, Mr. Diamond Dave. Very, all right, another episode of Zordo Cleans House. I think we're only about halfway through that 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 episodic. And uh, as a thanks, James Conrad. Thanks, Bloodflower. And uh, James Zealous, as he gets up there, I'm. The sound was was fine, but I'm I'm wondering if maybe the the microphone that was currently being unused might now be the one used for the the vocal. Um, bring it up to to your to your lips there, James. That one. The the piano mic is fine. Piano mic was fine. The other one, I don't know. It's getting a. It could be better. Ergo, please switch the other microphone. To be the vocal one. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective. Maybe it's just my headphones, actually. I, quite honestly, it might just be that. Everything else seems to be okay. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective here on Mutiny Radio. FM live from the Mission District of San Francisco every Friday from three to six. And uh, we're certainly happy to be here and happy to welcome you here. Our doors open as is our, our minds, our hearts, and uh, and our and our eyes. Hopefully, our third eyes. So now, welcome. James Zealous. Thank you, Global Val. That's Mr. J. Krishnamurti. In his book, Commentaries on Living, this is called Self-Defense. He was a well-known man, and he was in a position to harm others, which he did not hesitate to do. He was cunningly shallow devoid of generosity and worked to his own advantage. He said he was not too keen to talk things over, but circumstances had forced him to come. And here he was. From everything he said and did not say, it was fairly clear he was very ambitious and shaped the people about him. He was ruthless when it paid and gentle when he wanted something. He had consideration for those above him, treated equals with condescending tolerance, and those below him, he was only unaware. He never so much as glanced as the chauffeur had brought him. His money made him suspicious, and he had few friends. He talked of his children as though they were toys to amuse him, and he could not bear to be alone, he said. Someone had heard him. And he could not retaliate because that person was beyond his reach, so he was taking it out on those he could reach. He was unable to understand why he was being necessarily brutal, why he wanted to hurt those whom he said he loved. As he talked, he slowly began to thaw. And because, well, became almost friendly. It was the friendliness of the moment whose warmth would be shut off instantly if it was thwarted or if anything were asked of it as nothing was being asked of him. 
He was free and temporarily affectionate. The desire to do harm. To hurt another, whether by a word, by a gesture, or more deeply, as strong in most of us. It is common and frighteningly pleasant. The very desire not to be hurt makes for the hurting of others. To harm others is a way of defending oneself. This self-defense takes peculiar forms depending on circumstances and tendencies. How easy it is to hurt another and what gentleness is needed not to hurt. We hurt others because we ourselves are hurt. We are so bruised by our own conflicts and sorrows. The more we are inwardly tortured, the greater the urge to be outwardly violent. Inward turmoil drives us to seek outward protection. The one more defends one's up, the greater the attack on others. What is it that we defend? That we so carefully guard. Surely, it is the idea of ourselves at whatever level. Hmm? If we did not guard the idea, the center of accumulation, there would be no me and mine. We would then be utterly sensitive, vulnerable to the ways of our own being, the conscious as well as the hidden. But as most of us do not desire to discover the process of the me, we resist any encroachment upon the idea of ourselves. The idea of ourselves is totally superficial. But as most of us live on the surface, we are content with illusion. <laughs> the desire to do harm to another is a deep instinct. We accumulate resistance, which gives a peculiar vitality, a feeling of action in life. And what is accumulated must be expended through anger, insult, depreciation, obstinacy, and through their opposites. It is this accumulation of resentment that necessitates forgiveness, which becomes unnecessary if there is no storing up of the hurt. Why do we store up flattery and insult, hurt and affection without this accumulation of experiences and the responses? We are not. We are nothing. If we have no name, no attachment, no belief. It is the fear of being nothing that compels us to accumulate. And it is this very fear, whether conscious or unconscious, that in spite of our accumulative activities, brings about our disintegration and destruction. 
if we can be aware of the truth of this fear, mm. then it is the truth that liberates us from it. Not your purposeful determination to be free. You are nothing! You may have your name and title, your property and bank account. You may have power and be famous. But in spite of all these safeguards, you are as nothing. You may be totally unaware of this emptiness, this nothingness, or you may simply not want to be aware of it. But it is there. Do what you will to avoid it. You may try to escape from it in devious ways, through personal or collective violence, through individual or collective worship, through knowledge or amusement. But whether you are asleep or awake, it is always there. You can come upon your relationship to this nothingness and its fear only by being choicelessly aware of the escapes. Ah, you are not related to it as a separate individual entity. You are not the observer who, watching it. Without you, the thinker, the observer, it is not. You and nothingness are one. You and nothingness are a joint phenomena, not two separate processes. If you, the thinker, are afraid of it and approach it as something contrary and opposed to you, then any action you may take towards it must inevitably lead to illusion further conflict and misery. When there is the discovery, the experiencing of that nothingness as you, then fear, which exists only when the thinker is separate from his thoughts and so tries to escape, establish a relationship with them, completely drops away this fear. Only then it is possible for the mind to be still. And in this tranquility, truth comes into being. Beautiful. Rumi. Okay, change it up a bit. Here be Rumi from the 13th century. A dervish, dervish, Sufi, dervish being a Farsi word for the doorway between the inner world and the outer world, this world and the other. Flood residue. The taste of today is not that of yesterday. A pot boils over. A watchman calls down the ladder. Do you hear the commotion last night from the seventh level? Saturn turns to Venus and tells her to play the strings more gently. Tara's milk runs red. Leo slinks from the sky. Strange, strange signs because of a word 
that comes from the soul to help escape speaking and concepts. I answer the night watchman. You will have to assign meetings for these ominous, 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 ominous events. I have been set I have been set free from the hunt, the catching and being caught to rest in these dregs of flood, residue, pure, and empty. Why doesn't a soul fly when it hears the call? Fish on the beach always move towards the wave sound. A falcon hears the drum and brings the quarry home. Why isn't uh, every dervish, why isn't every dervish dancing in the sun? You've escaped the cage. You have escaped the cage. Your wings are stretched out. Now fly. You've slept in sheds and outbuildings so long you think you live there. How many years? Like children, do we have to collect sticks and pieces of broken pottery and pretend they're valuable? Leave childhood, get to the banquet of true human beings. Split, open the cultural mode yeah, we about that. This is with the common thread. Split open the cultural mold. Put your head up from out of the sack. Breathe free. Breathe free. Dance free. Hold this book in the air with your right hand. Aren't you old enough to know right from left? God said to clarity, walk to death, help them with discipline, to the soul, move into the invisible, move into the invisible and take what's there. Don't sing the sadness anymore. Call out that you have been given both. Don't sing the sadness anymore. Call out that you have been given both the answer and an understanding, given both an answer and an, under, and an understanding of the question. If that's the answer, what's the question? And an understanding of the question, and there we be, stepping free, dancing free, another edition of the Common Thread Collective. We've been casting that wide net, finding that common thread, letting life flourish and saying, what are we about? Don't take it, don't, don't panic, folks. Keep it what? Organic. Don't panic, folks. Keep it organic. Here we be, as you see, dancing free. So this, is, uh, this has been another edition of the Common Fit Collective to be continuing, to be continued. Next week is, happens to be my B-Day. How many years, how many? How many years on the planet? 78 years on the planet. Oh my goddess, 78 years on the planet. I think I'm an old man now. It's all over. 
the lone rooster will crow no more. But then I heard the voice. I heard the voice of the Great Spirit. And here's what she said. The voice of the Great Spirit. Here's what she said. Learn to love. Love to learn. This never ends. So in other words, folks, to cut to the chase, to cut to the bone. Hey, James Ellis, everybody who participated in this another amazing show. The poetry, the politics. And thanks to my sister from Buenos Aires, who's come to join us, who does this show, radio. Radio merry-go-round from the Cultural Center in our old city of Buenos Aires. We've been connecting, well, we've been connecting with these social media across the, around the planet, southern, uh, southern hemisphere, northern hem hem hemisphere, transcending. I need to say more. I love you, sister. Take it back. Take it back. And next week, she'll be coming through. She's going to be here a month, working with us, doing with us, dancing with us, playing with us. So soon we're going to have a con constituency in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Argentina that's uh, listening in and participating. And here we be, as you see. To be what? Continued. To be continued. And Bloodflower, I hope you'll continue playing piano for a moment while I read a... Our final poem for the night. Bloodflower, I'd love it if you could keep playing. Thunder, since we're all connected here on this planet Earth. Thunder. Thunder brings the lightning's dreams, drumming up a call to take note of creation. Even standing in the shadow of a building tower, bottom heavy with wetness ripping off and spinning sheets of precipitation, anvil clouds slowly shifting and writing off its wishes, wondering when it's going to drop. Then pop streaks of airborne electricity expressing its kinetic energy, whether crawling along the ridge horizontally or sending up columns of clouded cascades of pink light at twilight or in the hidden blue of an afternoon. And in this field, there's hardly time to count, sometimes barely a breath in or a fade out, and the sonorous storm comes rushing, roaring out as the dragon opens its mouth. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Tune in next week, Diamond Dave's birthday show. Afterwards, we'll be going to Adobe Books over on 24th Street, and we really appreciate you listening. Tune in. Thanks. Oh, oh, that's all right. Yeah, we can do that, sure. That's cool. We'll put on the breaker next. Yeah, be sure to stay tuned, folks. Lots of great stuff coming up here at Mutiny Radio every day, every Friday night. Thanks for listening.
cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby! There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's MutinyRadio.fm. Why you 